0: Hello, and welcome to another comedian's interview for my blog, A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill, and my blog details my experiences of watching over 800 stand-up comedians and counting over the last 45 years. My guest today is the wonderful musical comedian, Mr. John Long. Yes! Hello, mate! No, I should be clapping too, shouldn't I? Sorry. (laughs)
1: How Hello, are you? Ed. I'm good mate. How are you? Great to
0: see you. I'm really good. I'm I'm really good. I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying these interviews and I'm delighted you're here today. I'm delighted that you're my guest. Um the interview's going to last about 45 minutes to an hour and we're, and it's all about your comedy career. So we're okay. going to we're going to go right back to the start.
1: Good um, luck getting 45 <laughs> minutes. Um, <after> <laughs>
0: And I'd like to ask you, how did you become a musical comedian?
1: Musical comedian? Um, that's good. Yeah, I think maybe... I think it was because I, I was a real big comedy fan first for a long time. And I but without ever thinking of doing it, really. It was uh, just one of the, my things I was really, really into. And everyone knew me as, oh, John will know. He'll know if that's about comedy. And, um, and I used to do music... Uh, on the side just as a hobby just in bands right. and then there became an opportunity through doing a few gigs in like cabaret scenes where there's comedy and music right. to slightly right. s- slide into it I didn't I didn't have the full bravery to just walk in and try stand-up I think so I, I found a way to sort of just stand near the person who was doing <laughs> the comparing and say oh do you need any other people to do any funny songs with me? <laughs> and get in that way. So it it was a, a way to get in. Yeah. And then I dropped and then I dropped the music for a long time because I thought I just wanted to do stand up. Yeah. And then after and after a while I thought no, I think I'm better with and so brought it back. So um I
0: think I think the great thing is is that uh, having something like a guitar, you've got a prop and 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 you and you can use the prop in your act which is just great.
1: It just gives you something else to play with. And yeah. um, because you know, there is no shortage of comedians. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think some people say, oh, I don't know about that. Or I don't know like that. And it's like, well, don't worry. Cause there'll be another one on. And I think variety is the spice of life. So if you've got something you, that works for you, just, you, yeah, go for it. Very I think so. a while, I was reluctant to use it, but then after a while I thought, why, why not? You yeah. good aren't
0: you. Good. No, no, no. It's great. Um, yeah. I first saw you, I have, I have seen a lot of your career at different points. I first yes, saw your you. Well, that's great. I I first saw you at the We Are Funny Project, a pub in Liverpool Street, way back in 2013.
1: Dirty Where, dicks.
0: Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that wonderful name. <laughs> of the pub.
1: Um, I used to hate promoting that to my friends. <laughs> Come to Dirty Dicks. Like, no, <laughs> um, I promise it's nice. <laughs>
0: You were on many a bill that I saw, and I used to go along with John Bolton, who I used to work with.
1: Yes, yeah, that's that's how yeah, I, that's how I um, knew you, wasn't yeah. it, at the beginning? Because yeah. you, you were very supportive of him.
0: He he went on a comedy course, and he? he had to to gain the experience. He went along to um, free comedy nights. And we mm-hmm. and, and there you were either comparing or doing your wonderful act, and in my mind you stood out from all the other acts, I, and, and and I thought there's oh, something oh. there, and it's been a joy to watch your career blossom. Um, oh, that's
1: you, very sweet of you. Can you?
0: It's my pleasure. Can, can you describe your first gig, please? Was it at that sort of environment? Was it just a five minute thing where yeah. you had to go on?
1: It wasn't quite where, but there was um, like I sort of said, I sort of sidled into it through the cabaret thing. So my first gig was at a place called um, it was called Nolia's Eleven. Right. It doesn't it doesn't exist anymore, sadly. But it was kind of near Ronnie Scott's, and it was kind of imitating Ronnie Scott's, right. basically slightly cheaper Ronnie Scott's. <laughs> and um, it was run by this this wonderful family who um, were all sort of in 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 the entertainment business one of them was married to a chef so he was the chef one of them was married to a guy who was like made the cocktails it felt a very family organization right. and they used to run these great mixed bill sort of nights where they'd have jazz singers and things like that and then they had a um someone who i was performing with a friend of mine called kate who was a, a sort of a kind of faux jazz uh, singer but she was also a bit weird and odd so she she worked well on sort of cabaret bills
0: she was great
1: she was brilliant she was great she, she was a bit like anthony and the johnsons it might yeah be yeah i'm saying it. very but dual. that kind of vibe like a weird a bit of kate bush yeah you know? um and she used to play piano and we were her backing band me and a couple others and um w- w- so doing those gigs it, we, we did them quite regularly and she used to have compares and comedians and she was struggling to find comedians and i think she had a she she'd gone to book one off just like a, fo- a comedy forum on facebook and hadn't vetted them and one of them had been quite racy oh, <laughs> and, <yeah. laughs> and didn't read the room very well no. so she's like I'm not, I'm not gonna book any more comedians do you know any and i i lied and said oh i do a bit of comedy and um i've been working on a couple of songs and i did those in that environment for a really? little bit first and then, I, and then I got my, a, a taste for it, and then I started doing gigs where I met you. Yeah. Without the guitar, though. No. And I, when I met you, I wouldn't have been no doing guitar. it. So yeah. what?
0: What sort of what sort of year are we talking about with your first gig?
1: It would have been about very, not long before I met you. Right. So. so about 20
0: thir- 2012, 2013, something like that. Yeah, it was
1: twenty thirteen. I think it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, but the beginning May, I think it was twenty thirteen. Yeah, because so, it was. Yeah, eight years. Yeah, I
0: know. Yeah, time flies.
1: So um,
0: you've been—you were flying along, doing loads and loads and loads of gigs. Um, You—you must have in your mind. A, 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 um, what is your best gig and what, what is your worst gig? There must have been difficult ones along the way. I yeah. don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> but I, I, I am presuming there may be. <laughs>
1: there's, a, there's a huge variety. Yeah. That's what's brilliant about it. Sometimes you just have to think about the, the, some of the different bizarre situations that have occurred. I, I really cringe when I think of some of the early ones because I really was very bad at it at the beginning.
0: <laughs> no, I don't believe that for a minute. <laughs> and
1: I, I think like you said there like maybe there was a little something where you thought well he's got a bit of something about him maybe but i certainly hadn't got the knack of writing material no. well I, I could do songs but the jokes were a bit hit and miss at the beginning to say the least and um so yeah there was a lot of deaths early on that i can think about Some, the worst one i can think about just because it made me just go oh what am I, why am i doing this <laughs> Um, was one where I I, I did a couple of few gigs that were, um, it was called Comedy for Boarders. right? And it was gigs at the most prestigious, expensive boarding schools in the country, right? And they ship in comedians like jesters for these rich kids, (laughs) and some of them are insane. Like, there was um, one of them had its own helipads. And I talked to, and I was doing a bit of crowd work with one of the teachers. I said, What do you do? And he said, Fencing. I said, Oh, you're the PE teacher. And he went, No, just the fencing coach. And he was so, What? (laughs) And he had a cricket coach sat next to him. He was just the cricket coach and he was a former like international player. And it was like, Where am I? And and sometimes there were like um, big, huge 30 foot uh, paintings of uh, Wellington and things like that. And you're performing in these palatial halls to these apathetic teens who couldn't give a shit. Well, that's a lie. If it was... At that age, basically, the, the gigs came down to... If it was an all-girls school, the gig would be all right. Yeah. Because yeah, by yeah. 14, they were kind of mature, and they were essentially young adults, and they would listen, and if it, they might not like you, but it was polite. If it was a mixed bill, <laughs> it was a bit of aggression from the boys, obviously, but the girls kept them in check. And the all-boys schools, we just went, oh, these are going to be write-offs. And they were just animals. These rich boys... And they treated us like uh, playthings. And there was one gig that was I was hosting and I just couldn't get anything going with these kids and they hated me. And I was walking back to the station because I, didn't, I, I don't drive. Right. And it was, it's out in the middle of nowhere. I'm walking along and I'm trudging through the thing. And then this, I hear this car come behind me and I step out of the way so I don't get run over. And it's like a Mitsubishi, brand new. And a window comes down. And one of the kids, is also allowed out on leave, one of the 17-year-olds in his first car, winds the window down and he goes, you a shit, mate. And then just speeds no. off. And I just oh. thought, why am I doing this? Oh, I doing? And it was such a long journey home. Um, and in hindsight, I find it, I, I think that person, but the thing is, I, I tried to memorize his face, I thought, he's going to be someone someday. One day he's going to be like the Chancellor of the Exchequer. And go, he called me shit once. And it'll be a story. <laughs>
0: exactly. At positive, least, it'll at least be positive. a story. <laughs> But I, that was
1: my lowest moment <laughs> that's when I think about oh, mate. the fact that I survived that. I thought I think if you kept going after that, you, probably, anything. Yeah. you, you could only determined to do this at this point. Well, um,
0: that's, that's a reason why um, the blog happened because um, yeah. I had a great long Excel list of comedians Mm-hmm. and i thought I've, I, there's so many on here there's something here and uh, so of course i developed it into a blog and um it it um the blog supports uh, uh b- variety comedians classic comedians as well as new talent coming up because mm-hmm. um uh I, I I get, look it's very thorough well got a well chit- i try and do my best my friend because um uh, uh, I regard it as an enthuse because um, whenever I go and see a live act, or, uh, either live or online, um, I've, I've got nothing for respect, and I regard you all as heroes for for making me laugh. You know. Oh
1: well, you're a gift of an audience member. Um,
0: Thank Rich. you very much.
1: You're such a well, you're, well, you're also a very generous laugher which is good for someone <laughs> that sees so much comedy. And it's and he's not, not laugh. Because I'm a bit jaded. <laughs> Do you know do you know Jordan Brooks, I imagine? Yeah, 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 very well, yeah. He he tweeted something once and said, um, they told me what was that? I don't want to get it wrong, I'll probably get it wrong. They were saying like they, they told me that watching too much comedy would make me uh, numb to that kind of feeling. But <laughs> who, not, but who's nodding and smirking now? You know what I mean? Like I feel like that sometimes that, that's my best response to everything. Is all I like can manage when I really love something now is just uh,
0: hmm. a. Yeah, well, yeah, too much. No, I I whenever I lo- whenever I go to a live comedy gig, I mm-hmm. I go and I'm determined to enjoy myself and that, and and that is it. I mean, way, way back for me, when I first went, we, we first went as a family in the first year, in about 1976, I saw Les Dawson and Tommy Cooper in the, in oh the same God. year and they were incredible. And, and I thought this, there's something here. This is fantastic. And, uh, I just I've just been hooked ever since. So uh, as 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 I was writing this list, just getting all these amazing comedy heroes coming in, and I'm thinking there's something here. So um,
1: well, that's great because I think that uh, what you're doing will be you know an archive, and and and, and, um, you want someone the person archiving it to be a fan of the thing. Because exactly, <laughs> you want it yeah. to be lovingly put together. You don't want yeah. someone who's just fucking, oh, God, more of this.
0: <laughs> no, I, no, I used to do that in the past filing, and I never liked it.
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: let's move on. Um, let's talk about your competitions. You were a runner-up at uh, the Brighton Fringes New Act of the Year in 2015, mm-hmm. and you were winner of the comedy store King Gong an audience favourite act winner at the Musical Comedy Awards, both in 2016. Describe these experiences of entering a competition, what did you feel like when you entered it? and when? I, you I,
1: I'll be honest, I really there. hated that side of um, right. development, like the whole the competition thing, and, and it really did seem like it was a necessary evil. And, and no one liked it, really. There was a few people who were very good at it who probably liked it. But I um, found the whole thing incredibly stressful. And I entered kind of all of them to varying degrees of success. Some of them very, not very good at all. And I was far too inconsistent to, to do well, very well. But every now and then I would do okay in some of them and it would be okay. The Brighton one was interesting because I, I don't live in Brighton and I never have. Um, <laughs> Okay. So there was a bit of contention there because the person organising it who, who runs uh, um, gigs in Brighton and runs a comedy course and things, she had, she had booked people that she had liked and seen on the scene in Brighton. Right. And just to fill it out a bit, a few more of the heats, she'd asked um, someone, a promoter in London she knew, and said, do you know a few people you can give us? We're just struggling a bit for numbers and we want to keep the you know, competition going. So she, she he sent over like six or seven names and we all went over together and... The winner was Eureko Katani, and I came second. And yeah. so they were a bit pissed off, I think, the Brighton locals, that we'd <laughs> trained in, <laughs> took all the prizes and fucked <laughs> off. But what I will say is that competition was one of the. We had a nice atmosphere to it, and, and we, I met a bunch of people I really like there. And I, I, I love gigging in Brighton, and I, yeah, and yeah. I still, now I live in Croydon, which is quite easy to get to Brighton. Yeah. So. Um, I loved it in that I met a bunch of people who I'm still friends with now and I, I sort of uh, gig with because of that. So that was nice. Um, th- they don't usually do a um, uh, a runner-up prize. No. Normally. And the reason they did it was because um, I'd gone on and it was one of the rare times I did all right and I just had a run of good gigs and if I was feeling confident, it would go okay. It was all confidence back then and that would wane and whatever. And this one had gone very well and I was sure I was going to win it and then last was Yuriko Katani, and, and I'm sure you've seen Yuriko. Yeah, yeah, yeah she was just something else and yeah. there was a thing, I think a feeling in the room I think the judges kind of went oh well, I think this guy's won it the guy with the guitar and then Eureka came on and there was a feeling of oh poor guy with the guitar no that's won it ah. and so <laughs> I think that feeling was so oh, universal that they cobbled together and they grabbed like a, a, cu- a, a bottle of sparkling prosecco and went and her and up and gave me you know,
0: the concession to you,
1: too. you yeah. nearly won it but yeah. she was just uh, and it was really sweet because I, I don't drink so the train back Uh, Me, Eureka, a couple others who got to the final. And Sophie, uh, who is it that we bumped into on the way? Gosh, I've forgotten her name. She's quite a famous comedian as well. Sophie. um, Sophie
0: Duker?
1: Not Sophie Duker, Um. who's very funny. She's um, Danish. Um, Sophie Hagen.
0: Hagen, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah um sophie Hagen had been doing a show in in brighton and was just on the train as well and the MC of the gig um damo the australian comedian was, was in the show he was he was on the train and i said i don't drink do you want this carver and they went yeah sure and then someone else had some alcohol so it became a bit of a party on the train it was really fun so that was one of the nicer experiences yeah the king gong one is just a savage experience and I, I went into that again i was quite lucky where I, I was quite early on in the bill and um there was a two or three very new comedians on who they just gonged off in a minute and then they would and and it comes a point where they get a bit bored of gonging people off and I think they're like okay can one of you do it now and so (laughs) I came came in at that point and was very confident and came on with a guitar and they thought oh god get the gun ready (laughs) and because I didn't fuck about and I went straight into my you know best song they just sort of went oh all right and there uh, has a sing along, so it got them going. And then they went, Oh, okay, we like that. And then the gig went on and on. And, and another guy did very well, a guy called Nelson, who I, if I'm still friends with. And um, he was like, Actually, probably better than me. And in the clap off, it was really tight. But the problem is, the reason I won it is, he didn't, no one told him in the gong show, is that all the people that got gong come forward and you do one minute extra. And that's how they decide. <laughs> and he didn't know that but someone had told me. So I was ready. I had my minute planned and he just got given the microphone and stumbled around for a minute and I went, right, my turn. And (laughs) it was just, it was just by luck and knowing the game a bit better, but. um, That's brilliant though. Yeah.
0: We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna come on to Edinburgh in a minute. But before that, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to um, tell you a story, uh, which I've told many a comedian on this interview where I've actually had a go at stand-up myself it's not uh, it's not you? just it's not just um not just watching it although although that's what the the story was um i did a gong show for, uh, at the edinburgh well, first fringe. gig yeah, not not king gong at the comedy store but it was yeah. um uh, i know the guy who runs the free fringe or, or 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 i did way back um i first went to edinburgh in 2005 and i right. said to him um I want to get this out of my system. I see a lot of comedians. I think I'll be quite good. Um, uh, I'd like to go at the the gong show, please. And he said, well, we've got one going in the hair market, which is um, for old folk on a Monday afternoon. And if you're not very good, they get gonged off. You get gonged off, I went, right. So I wrote this script about um, being accident prone in a car because I used to drive very badly everywhere around Carlisle, my home city. And I read this to him, and he said, "This is fantastic. This, you'll be really good." And I walked out, and 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 to ease the the the, the opening line to get the audience in, uh, there was three people in the crowd, and I, went, I deal. and I went, I went, "Hello, ladies and gentlemen." People think I look like Eddie the Eagle Edwards, the ski jumper, but I can't see the resemblance myself. And I thought I was going to get a reaction like you just did. And the old bloke mm. at the back went, sod off and cut me off. So I walked up to my footsteps and the, the promoter said, no, 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 have, a, have another go later, have another mm. go. So I went on again. I lasted a bit, bit longer. but I, th- I And that's why I'm saying... You're all heroes because I because I said to him, I said, I think my place is in the audience. Never say never again. I'll support them forevermore. So winning the King Gong or, or um yeah, winning it is. It wasn't fantastic. my first gig
1: though, Rich. If it was my <laughs> that same gig, there was someone. There is always every King Gong someone who goes for their first gig. And it's because they go to the comedy store and they put it up on the adverts in on the break. So yeah. someone's gone along, had a great time, thought I'd love to give this a go, sees that and books in when they're drunk. And those people get savage. And think, someone should have told them on the way in, no, don't do that. This is not your first gig. It was something like my 50th gig, Rich. Like it wasn't my first, my first gig. So I think, I, what I, think, I would say to you is, don't judge it by the no, three. No, no,
0: no. As I, as as I say, never say never again. But I am I am very happy in the audience right. watching you all. Okay, but, um, but just
1: don't don't judge the whole. No, no, no,
0: no, not at all. We'll
1: find you a nice friendly one to start you <laughs> on.
0: Um Because uh, um, when John Bolton, I used to go along with him. I I I I sat. I must have saw his act about fifteen times, yeah. and, it, and it was the same material. And he always used to say to me, "Sit in the front row, and you know when to laugh." <laughs> got, a but a good luck to him because he's now he's now running a comedy club in Abu. Did he go to
1: Abu Dhabi? Did he? Was it? it
0: Abu Dhabi or Dubai or somewhere like that?
1: The one that's just next to Dubai. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And and he's still a teacher. Yeah but he's now co-running a comedy club, which is incredible. Um, Anyway, enough of that. Let's move on to the Edinburgh Fringe. I go to the Edinburgh Festival every year for my holiday. I'm very lucky to go there. I've been going for the last 15 years, and Mm. um, I first went in 2005. Can you tell me about your first Edinburgh Fringe experience, please?
1: Um, yeah, I went. My first I went to was probably in 2009 or 10, I think it was. Right. I could dig, I'm sure I, I should have. Uh, yeah, I've got, I've still got the uh brochure, I'm sure of it. Brilliant, because it was really meaningful experience. Because uh, before that, I, I hadn't been to very much comedy, I had well, I've been to a little bit but not as much as I should have done given how much I was into it. And I don't know what was scaring me off a bit. I think the only stuff I'd been to was kind of like tour shows when anyone came by relatively near, like Dara Brien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like I saw Tim Vine because he came to like an art centre nearby. Yeah. And stuff like that. But I'd never been to like a comedy club or seen very much of it. And when I came to London, I did go to the comedy store and that really blew my mind. And I was obsessed with comedy and it's weird I didn't go more. But then I just thought, uh, I kept seeing The Fringe every year and I, and it always pops up in the news, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, oh, that's built for me. I love comedy. That seems great. And one year I just thought, I'm going to go for just a, a weekend and I've got family that live not far away. And I stayed with them and I went in and it was like this huge revelation moment where I realized like, oh, it's ev- everyone here is as much of a nerd about comedy as I am. <laughs> we're not go, yeah exactly <laughs> it's like a, I guess it's like what Comic Con must be like if yeah, you've yeah. been really into something can you arrive and go ah oh, my people you know what I mean so it, it felt that way to me because before then I think all my friends were into music and I'd be in bands and things and the way they talked about music I was into music and I liked bands but when they got really into the minutiae they slightly lost me a little bit and I was like sure <laughs> it was lost the finer details were a bit lost on me yeah but then that's how I felt about comedy and if you started me on that as you can see I have a bit of a problem with stopping talking so when you've got me started on comedy <laughs> and so that's when I realised oh that's kind of how I feel about comedy I guess but there was no one really to talk to about it and when I went there I was just like oh everyone here is as much into it as I am yeah, yeah. so it was wonderful and I saw I think a thousand shows in three days and, wow. and you know it was just, I just saw as many as I could and it was great i remember getting up every day going to the, the cafe uh, reading the brochure yeah. and p- we were picking out what we wanted to see and talking about it and just loving the experience and i saw some people who i ended up you know getting to know so i remember seeing a very early split bill of sarah callahan and harriet kemsley brilliant at the newsroom which i ended up playing in yeah, as well. yeah 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 and i remember the experience of like going oh because we were like what's going to be on and, oh that's near where we're staying and then go and and they'd done a YouTube trailer. That's what got us in, and we yeah. were like, oh, "Let's do that." And really liking it and thinking, "Oh, I'm sure they'll go places." And ended up like, one of my first gigs was at the Cavendish Arms, and Harriet was at the MC, I think. Yeah. And then I end up knowing Sarah and getting to know her, and, and yeah. sometimes I'll be at a sort of party with her and go. It's really weird. This so, <laughs> I, I loved it. Everything about my first Fringe is really imprinted on my memory because it was a very very. Yeah. Vivid three days, yeah. so
0: it is. It is an incredible experience. As soon as I step off uh, the train at Haymarket, the atmosphere just hits you. And I, and as I say, mm-hmm. I go for a week. I I get through about fifty shows, and it's just incredible. That is know, I big, see yeah. I see plays. I see mostly comedy. I see music, um, and the variety of the acts that are on there is extraordinary. It really they, really there really
1: is sense. something for everyone that's what like when people are there and they're like what should I see and I was like well yeah. get the brochure because you'll be able to flip through and you'll find something really odd and weird yeah. that's strangely for you do yeah. you know what I mean yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. it's brilliant oh there's a
1: whole show about my love of stationery like, oh yeah I've always loved <laughs> oh. yeah
0: it is it, it is brilliant um, when I was there I've seen your shows Troubadour and Planet mm-hmm. Killing Machine um,
1: yeah and Troubadour was at the newsroom yeah so I it. yeah
0: um, yeah. I wanted to move on about where you get your ideas from and describe how you write and structure a show mm. have you got a way of doing that or
1: I'm, I'm getting I'm, I'm still learning that skill a bit right. and um, and experimenting with it and that's what's great about Edinburgh is that you could do these trials yeah you know because you've got uh, the same room every night at the same time so yeah. the audience is, uh, the audience has changed but it's the variables are set you know and so you you can experiment and change every night and tweak it and I to be honest I never really got the full knack of it but I try I and disagree <laughs> well I try where <laughs> possible to try and get the balance between I guess the three elements involved are some songs some jokes and some audience interaction yeah and I think Of those three, my joke writing is my weakest skill, and so I often have to work quite heavily on that. And so sometimes, especially at the beginning, because I think, I thought to myself, this is the development period. This is where no one really is paying attention. This is the time to fail. This is where you should be working on your weaknesses kind of thing. So I spent a lot of time working on that, and I'm slowly getting better. But trying to balance the three, I think some people wish I did more songs, other people not very many people don't wish I did, uh, wish I did more jokes, but I think some people wish I did. I don't know, sometimes I i just get the balance wrong. But if I can get when it works well, there's a fine balance between making everyone feel very comfortable and inclusive and yeah. chatting to a lot of people, quite relaxed. Um, and then here's a song every now and then to punctuate it, you know, and I hopefully can make it fly by relatively quickly.
0: One of the things that I think you're Extremely good at is you're you you're very easy going on stage. So you'll you and, and and you're very very good at bantering with the audience at chatting to them, and that makes them welcome. That makes them like you, and you can take it from there. And whenever I've seen you, I've always noted that, and and I think that's a great skill to have.
1: Oh well, thank you, Rich. It's definitely um, something I try to. Well, I think it's definitely not a. Um, facade or something. I think that's that's pretty pretty. It's a side of me. I'm definitely not as affable as I am on stage all of the time. But on stage, the side of me that comes out is is relatively. I'm, I, I am very keen. I'm a bit of a people pleaser, but I'm very keen for everyone to enjoy it because I remember being a punter so yeah. much. Yeah. And I and I remember and I'm quite socially anxious, so I'm just very keen. I really want to talk to everyone, but at the same time, I'm keen not to some people really hate being spoken to. Yeah, so yeah. I've tried to be as, as much as I can quite aware of how everyone's feeling. It sometimes tips the balance and and like my girlfriend who sees the show often, she'll often say to me like, you've got to just sometimes, you keep, as you can tell, I, if you don't stop me talking, I will talk forever. and <laughs> uh, and I can I'm get am really lost glad you're
0: here being interviewed.
1: <laughs> like, I'm the worst, mate, honestly. Especially in lockdown, because I haven't seen anyone apart from a oh, postman, my girlfriend it. in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as you ask me questions, you're getting a week's worth of answers, I'm afraid. <laughs> um But um I I think sometimes I can go cut down a, a, a loophole, you know, get too focused on something and well I lost.
0: think I think um certainly being able to write and sing songs like you do as well as chat to folk if you want to talk to everybody what's better place than a song than in a song yeah you know, and and because they do recognize um uh that format much more i think if you can do it than just chatting chat, Yeah. um Chatting can be distraction yeah. Because you're because you're right. Not everybody wants to be spoken to, and if no. you get a very difficult audience who don't want to talk to you, you can quickly, um, change. You can quickly run out of ideas and change tack and have to go. The good thing is, as I say, is that you've got the guitar and you've got the songs as a backup.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. which
0: is which is a great thing. How do you approach writing a song? What do you like to write about? Is it is it just everyday life things that happen to you?
1: Try yeah, I I think I struggled with this for a long time. I think it's a it's half the battle is picking the right topic. Yeah, and I think a song is a comedy song anyway is a bit like a comedy sketch. Yeah, it should be about one idea. And it should be quite simple. You should be able to describe it in a sentence. So you say, "What's the song about?" And if you and if you go, "Well, it's kind of about this thing," where, it's too complicated. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> does, because comedy, especially stand-up comedy live, you're communicating to a lot of different people, yeah. and and you need to get your ideas across. And like you said, everyone's different. Some people visualize things differently. We've all got different backgrounds, so we've all got different reference points. So it's hard enough to communicate to those people. Don't overcomplicate it, for heaven's sake. That's why the key with comedy <laughs> is keep it- Good point. Simple, keep it simple. You wanna communicate this funny idea in as simple a way as possible. And my my big failing has always been, I can see what I mean in my head, why can't you? And I talk very fast and mm. sometimes I'm like, why didn't that work? And someone will say, well, I didn't really get what you were talking about, you know? So with a song as well, I think that my, my failing is always making it too complex. So the best ones are always very simple. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's your song about? It's about the weird things I found in a recycling centre when working at a recycling centre. Yeah, yeah. Dang, it's a sentence. You know, what's the song it's about? A
0: great song. <laughs> my
1: hatred of <laughs> as Well, well it's, it's it's my oldest song, and it, you know, and I've got songs that come and go, and and it seems to not go. And I think that's because sometimes when you first do something, you inadvertently crack it on the head first time with that and then and then you overthink it after that. I wasn't overthinking it. I knew what I wanted to do.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think, um, but then since then, I've written a few that uh, that have stayed, and I think the, the best ones are always the ones that are simple, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's
0: that, my that is a great answer. Fascinating. Um, w- whenever I see you on stage, you're you're very laid back, and as I say, you're very genial. Um, do you... I'm, suffer- just, I'm just stoned, Rich, mate. Yeah. <laughs> do you suffer from any nerves before going on stage and how do you cope with them if you do
1: (laughs) well it's hard not to say I get stoned but um, (laughs) (laughs) it's one of my coping strategies in fact I didn't you'll have to forgive me I didn't realise that this was a um, film so I wouldn't have smoked quite so near this and ended up with something red (laughs) on what are you going to do that's a great Um, answer (laughs) I, 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 don't, I, I don't want. I'm being flippant there. I, I, I don't rely on that naturally, no. and I make sure I, <laughs> because I am someone that does use that. I don't use it for performing because yeah. uh, it, it stops you being a bit sharp. So yeah. the way I deal with nerves is is purely I've done it enough. And I, I, I used to really hate public speaking, and I knew I wanted to do it, but I was terrified of it. And through doing it lots, and th- it used to be I had to drink to get through it but now I don't drink. But luckily I'd done it enough. I built up enough current. but it was very terrifying at first. But just through doing it, and it used to be pre-Covid in London, you could do, I was doing between four and six gigs a a week for for years. And between that and and doing some teaching, I just, you just, it's just doing it enough. I think sometimes if it's not natural to you, which doesn't, public speaking doesn't come naturally to me. uh, you, you just have to do it over and over again there's, I think, no, there's
0: no shortcut I think that, it, I think that no. it is with comedy in general it is all experience the more you do the better yeah. you are at it it's like anything um, yeah. I, I am with you with public speaking I don't mind doing it but it took me a very long time to actually think I could get up and do it I, I, mm. I always remember we had to do a training course and you could talk about anything you liked for five minutes so I talked about my favorite comedians, Morecambe and Wise, and I thought this is fail safe because again, you know, you're a perfect audience where you just think of them and smile. So I did the I, I, I did the dance, I did the whole career of them. And at the end of it, um, there was a question and answer session and somebody put their hand up and said, I hate Morecambe and Wise. And I was <laughs> mortified and the trainer went, thank you, never presume everything's you know, positive. That, that was but your was posh great kid you
1: in so a wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. It was like I, I'd I'd never met you anyone who disliked them, and 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 it's a fascinating thing because when, as I say, when I go to a comedy night, I'm not there to hear hecklers or put downs or anything. I'm here yeah. there to hear the act, but. It dep- all depends on the audience that you've got, you know, uh, that yeah. will determine the gig.
1: So, well, some people, yeah, uh, see, some people's humour is about that. And, yeah, but even even there's a time and a place. Like, imagine in that setting, thinking, "I'm just going to tell him how much I hate more- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Walkman." You
1: fucking tell me.
0: You weren't there, <laughs> were
1: you? <laughs> I hate the guy. I would have
0: lamped him. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no they are the best. <laughs> well, but, I, yeah. yeah. So, well, so certainly not very hateable
1: either. That's <laughs> what
0: it, it is. It's like you know, you're you're not there to hear. Certainly on a comedy night, you're not there to hear heckling. There's a there's a famous story where I was in the audience. It was Ricky Grover at Headliners Comedy Club, and there was oh, a really Ricky. a really horrible um, heckler in the front row, and he stopped mm. his act. He jumped down and he threw threw them out he just threw him out and when he came back on um uh the the promoter knew he was an ex-boxer so he came back on to the rocky theme and he's doing it all with, and they gave him a stunt innovation it was wonderful
1: well <laughs> thought, that's that's uh,
0: exactly it you know
1: well in a way i'm thinking what a brave fucker to tackle <laughs> rover <laughs> what are you thinking
0: exactly Exactly. He's a very
1: gentle. He's a very gentle guy, but he looks like he'd still tear your head off. But again,
0: yeah, I mean, even if you'd never seen him, he would think that. But but again, I think they didn't know who the comedian was going to be, and they were just yeah, right, right,
1: right. It's, yeah. It's and then their worst nightmare comes. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love
0: it. Um, how do you remember all your songs and routines? Do you write them down? Do you have them on your hand? Are you of good memory?
1: I've not got the best memory in the world, for, for obvious reasons, but the um, the I, I'm quite, I've learned how to mem- how, how my memory works anyway, over the years. So I just know that with, with anything, with songs, it's, it's all just muscle memory, particularly with the songs. And so you just need to do it over and over and over again. So I just have to uh, do it in my room. I'm always very terrified about doing a song for the first time, because a lot of the laughter in songs comes from the rhythm of it and the the delivery of it and so um well like well like all jokes actually you know if you you stumble over your lines just before you do the punchline it's the same with a song if if the rhythms if the guitar's a bit off and you're singing it slightly off
0: yeah
1: it doesn't get the laugh so i do for a long time before i do it i just have to be annoying in my room my poor girlfriend (laughs) i just sing the song (laughs) over and over and over again and that's really the only the only way to do it particularly with ones where they're quite wordy. Now I don't like write, reading things, so I just record it. Yeah, and then I just listen over and over again. Right, which is horrible because I hate my voice, but it's the only way.
0: It, again, it's all experience, isn't it? Doing it over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. just learn. I think everyone learns exactly over time. Everyone learns the secrets of their brain and like how to <laughs> trick themselves into. Well, um,
0: yeah. To date, what has been your comedy highlight?
1: comedy highlights um, well I get them quite a bit really because I've always had relatively modest kind of ambitions in terms of um, I've really not got a sense of oh, I want to be a star about me at all uh, I, even when I would like music I'd much rather have been in a weird band that some people liked uh, and I, I think that's the way about comedy is that there's stuff I want to do and things but I've got no real desire to be on, on TV or anything and so all of my ambitions were stuff like... I used to say to myself, God, if I could just play... I remember being at the Comedy Store for the first time and just thinking, I just wish I could experience what he's experiencing right now. Just getting a laugh from that room. Yeah. It feels so great in here. I'd love to see what he feels. And then I uh, got to do that once and uh, it felt amazing. And I remember thinking, well, this is kind of... Anything more than this is a bonus, really. I just wanted to be a jobbing comedian. That's all I ever wanted. And, and I just sometimes I gig with people who are brilliant... You know, and and like I was gigging, I remember gigging with Lou Sanders relatively early on and just wow. being like, oh, fucking hell. And being a huge fan of hers and and then getting to know her a little bit, not like I was a friend, but just like to the point where she was like, oh, hiya, John. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> like one of the comedians now. And even, sometimes I still have a lot of imposter syndrome, but when you're doing gigs with people or you have to remind yourself, this is, you know, you, you're living the dream you had. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Because I had those modest ambitions. So, um. I really have uh, a lot of them really and they're always little small things like where you're gigging with someone you really admire or recently actually in lockdown I'd missed gigging so much and I I still miss it so much and I had a gig in Brighton on the beach and um, all of the people who were there was quite a lot of people there and they were all singing along and they all did that thing where they put their torches on their iPhone And I almost fucking cried Rich because <laughs> I just missed it so much and it was such a nice moment. I think I've got a video of it on my Instagram because oh, someone brilliant. filmed it. And that was one of them just because I was like and at the end I think I ended by going, Thank you so much, I really miss this
0: <laughs> it's, so, so, it's so so good mm. because um obviously if a show goes well and you get laughs, it must be the biggest high in the world because you think, Well, mm-hmm. I wrote that and this is fantastic and I'm having a great time and two because because my next question was what ambition do you have if any as a comedian it's a similar question i was gonna yeah. i was gonna ask you do you want to be on tv do you want your own show and all this and mm-hmm. and as my guess is if the opportunity came along then obviously yes but you're just perfectly happy at the moment being yeah. a superb jobbing comedy musician
1: i don't say superb that's <laughs> nice <of it. laughs> I am sorry super, i got the wrong cool word <laughs> but oh, that's, very, that's very nice of you I, 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 I certainly feel the opposite sometimes I do feel always like a bit like a oh I by on on a, on a uh, bit of charm and a bit of whatever but I don't feel necessarily like the funniest comedian in the world but I do feel like I'm on a trajectory where I'm learning how to do it and all I would just like is to get to a point where I'm just because live sometimes there are gigs where, live particularly in Edinburgh where there have been one or two where I've been like that's what I want to do you know, and it's happened. And I'd just like to go to a stage where I can consistently get to a point where I'm very, very proud of the work. And it's, because at, at the moment, most of the time, I'm like, oh, that's not quite what I wanted. And I'm, Maybe that doesn't ever go away. But I would, my big ambition is to, to get a small, enough following maybe that you could do a tour maybe here or there would be brilliant. I think that would probably be my ambition.
0: Well, you're, you you it, I was going to say your Planet Killing Machine solo show was superb yeah. but so was Troubadour and, uh, but but Troubadour was that like a work in progress if you like for you to see if you could do it or because, yeah. because there were two separate shows in themselves and they were both excellent all my friends who I brought along all were raving for you, so, you oh know, well
1: that's you, really nice yeah. of you it was so yeah. nice of you to come along both times my as pleasure. well and I did, and I did one the year before as well. That um, was again about 40 minutes as well, so it was almost a full show in yeah, itself. Yeah. Look, I've had a lot of practice at it, and I think my findings have been that I enjoyed the troubadour one more. Right. Because it was late and it was on the free fringe and it, anyone could turn up and it, it was, felt a bit it was more a bit, like it
0: was about past 11 at night wasn't it and we had yeah a few days afterwards I, it was great
1: <laughs> and, yeah exactly <laughs> but sometimes it was a bit of a gamble and there was some drunk and, and actually yeah. one, of, one of my skills is audience management yeah I, i've got audience management naturally uh, built in maybe from some teaching long right. time you can control some six year olds you can control
0: <laughs> yeah
1: brunks they act in very similar ways and then um, so that played up to my strengths more I did find when I was in the planet killing machine it was in a room where everyone had paid it had a ticket and it felt very official yeah and that was some And it was some br- it was brilliant because I felt more legitimate in a way
0: that's a big and, deal though isn't it because you know they have paid and, and the then, official
1: yeah I felt you know, like it lost a bit of the magic yeah somewhere. yeah yeah I felt I was more under pressure from myself and wasn't enjoying it as much. Right. Probably, probably could tell from a perspective. I don't think it was bad, but I don't think it was my best work. And it was a bit of a shame because I remember that's the one that people came to see obviously a bit more. And uh, Alan Davis, who I was a big, big fan of as well, came in to see it because he's oh, a bit of an wow. environmental uh, uh, guy and he was very sweet about it, but I just remember thinking, oh. I wish I, would, I, wish you'd come along and see me when I was a better. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't feel like it was a very fair reflection of me, but then um, that was just because I think I hadn't worked out how to replicate that sense of uh, that atmosphere in right. that thing. And that's, and that's something you'll, I guess I'll learn over time. Right.
0: So we're all living in weird, strange times at the moment. Um, have you done any online gigs? Do you like online gigs uh, as, no. ap- as opposed to live gigs?
1: I don't mind them. Yeah, yeah. have I you done was, some? Uh, yeah, I thought I was going to dislike them more than I do. Yeah, actually. like um, it depend I think at the beginning, when no one had worked it out yet, yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. It was the classic sort of uh, veggie burger problem, which is that sometimes veggie burgers, well, it used to be, now they're actually very good at replicating meat, but it used to be they were shit at it. And <laughs> they always with our mind
0: comedy. We always, <laughs>
1: yeah. always, always try and be meat, and you were like, it just, it just tastes awful. You'll never... <laughs> And, kept the, and then you would try one where it was just like it was green and it was just vegetables and it was clearly just trying to be as nice a veggie burger as it could be and you're like well that's really nice it's not a, <laughs> it's not beef but it's his own thing it's trying to be itself yeah and people had to do the same thing with online gigs at the beginning everyone was like let's replicate real gigs <laughs> and you had to say so, you're never gonna replicate no. real gigs no. and so they were like oh welcome in and now well and they did all the things that you would do at live and you how to just play to your strengths and now the ones that are successful are the ones that still integrate people by way of the comments or have a front row and have found a way to keep it interactive but just know how to format it for online you know and, and it, it's got its own pros and cons. Yeah, yeah, I
0: think
1: it's great for people who maybe have got access issues, there's a lot of people who are maybe put off going yeah, to comedy yeah. because yeah. maybe they're, they're quite frightening places you know often like in yeah, a weird yeah. pub basement somewhere so it's very accessible. And I think they're here to stay a bit once, even once live comedy's yeah, back, I think people are going to be desperate so. to go back yeah. to it. So like the good online gigs will stay, I think.
0: I think, I, I personally think they're uh, an excellent substitute, but, but for me, you can't be live. Um, when no. I, I, I go to Always Be Comedy, the, 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 the comedy club in Kennington
1: yes.
0: um, every week, just about, because it's, it's built it up so good. That's been a long while, isn't uh, it? Yeah, I've been going for five years to that, but I, I also go to the Irish, uh, the um, Return of the Crack, Jarlath Regan's Irish one on a Friday night, and I go to Sean James, he's one. very funny. Oh, he's great, really, really good. And when they do it well, it is very good, but certainly online, the first few that I went to, there was no audio. So I would just sit here and laugh with my very loud laugh and I'd get neighbours banging on windows because they didn't know what was going on. And then they opened up the audio and it was so much better. But I do really, really miss going for a few beers on a Saturday night and then a comedy, cl- a comedy night. And
1: yeah, me too, I hope to God it comes
0: back because no. um, you can't social distance in them. It doesn't work. Uh, you know, you need the atmosphere. um,
1: and <clears throat> yeah that's the problem is that yeah. uh everything that makes a good comedy club is very uh anti yeah. 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 low yeah. ceilings yeah. stuffy room yeah
0: i mean i mean if that's we didn't it. have the online comedy i don't know how it would have got through the lockdown because of course everybody's it. bored out of their mind across the blog
1: has there's been some really good ones and, and and some people have really embraced it and i yeah. think the people especially the things like twitch and you've got like yeah. there's um a bunch of well really loads of examples of comedians that have used that really well yeah 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 played with their strengths so um i think that's part of the you know if it's, it's good it's there point, but it's not
0: the same i don't think
1: it's not the same no, no. But, but uh yeah yeah
0: um who we'll are your favorite comedians past and present past and present who makes you laugh
1: um, my favourites when I was always starting was uh, like uh, David O'Doherty who's one of my favourites
0: yeah
1: when I was growing up my me and my sister had a mutual love of Billy Connolly oh what a and master it's how we bonded basically and we've got Scottish <laughs> our mum's Scottish and that whole side of the family is Scottish and we
0: Brilliant. just really
1: like Billy Connolly and and, and and but we weren't allowed to watch him because it's obviously he's very sweary yeah and uh but we had so we had all our VHSs were in a, a cabinet under the TV, which was you know when TVs were 3D they were they went they went back a bit. And It was, it was a unit. It was so heavy. Even it wasn't that big. But it was <laughs> dense. And um, when our parents went out, we went as soon as they were out the door and out the driveway, ran over both of us together, <laughs> lift this thing. And Brilliant. I think I think if either of us could could have got that TV off on our own we'd have been watching them on our own because we did everything else on our own because we had to work together as a team to get it we had to enjoy it together and it became our 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 way of connecting was just through watching this same Billy Connolly DVD which was filthy lots of fucks and everything it was brilliant when you're 10 and we were just obsessed and we could we could quote it verbatim and uh, that was our beginning of our love affair I think oh he's so.
0: brilliant I mean I saw him later on in his career and I was still crying with laughter at the Hammersmith he yeah. never if he was going to do a live tour he was always he would always deliver and that audience with right. on ITV that he did with the celebrities oh, it's, it's, it's was, just brought one of the trousers am- yeah the, the incontinence by the, yeah. The bottom. just yeah. fantastic great great answer um like me, do you go to a lot of comedy gigs as a member of the audience?
1: Um, not as much as I used to. Yeah. But there's a couple people I always try and uh, look out for and watch, particularly in Edinburgh. Um, so, so I kind of, that's why, again, why I really miss Edinburgh, is that was my time to kind of catch up on what people have been doing as well.
0: Yes, of course.
1: But it's nice to me... I, I still get to do a bit, you know, on TV and stuff. Like I was watching uh, Rose Massafero's, someone I've been watching at Edinburgh and really enjoyed watching her shows. She's so, she, was, yeah. she was doing Horn Dog on TV. Yeah, yeah, that's that was right. yeah. that night. Yeah. Watching that, that was great. Yeah, and I've been, um, but but going to gigs and things. Yeah, who would I would not that many because I just do it so much. But every now and then I would. Yeah, and I, yeah. I'd go and see like David O'Doherty. I'd go and see on tour or, um, or He's Tim good. Key. Oh, Tim guy.
0: Key's amazing. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. My friend Mark and I bond over him. Yeah, uh, and so every year we we try and see him. He's uh, brilliant.
0: He's 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 so original and off the wall. He's fantastic. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. If you're on a bill on a comedy night, would you stay and watch the rest of the comedians?
1: Um, yeah, it depends really. Yeah. I have a lot of. I, I don't as much as I would like to, and it's purely social anxiety, and it's because it's because I'm a rec- recovering alcoholic, I think I I pull off... Uh, like I find it sometimes like I I overthink, I think I'm being a party pooper after the gig, right. so I don't want to stick around and be like the guy not drinking, dragging everyone down. So right. I often leave. Right. Also, I just have a lot of anxiety around uh, getting places. So my dream is to, and when I think I perform best, is when I walk into a building, and go, hi, I'm John, is, is it comedy on the back? And walk in and then go on stage, as he's saying my name.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And then go, thank you so much. And le- yeah, That's really anti yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. just f- f- purely from a anxiety perspective. There's nothing personal. Yeah but there are some places I feel comfortable staying and I love sticking and watching people and I, I miss doing that and yeah. um, like angel comedy I always try and watch people and- oh
0: what a venue what a perfect room yeah, that is exactly yeah. Yeah. so yeah.
1: I like just standing at the back and watching how everyone does and that's why I love MCing actually is because yeah. you have to be there from the beginning to the end yeah. yeah and not that it forces you to watch other acts but it does and I always enjoy it I never resent it I yeah. always actually go oh I enjoyed every bit of that that was great <laughs> <laughs> I should do that more. So I, I, I do sometimes.
0: Brilliant. That's brilliant. Um, just before we go. I'm um, a yeah, waffle monster. I'll just. There, no, that. it's fine. Is there anything else you would like to say? Uh, are you, have you got any online gigs coming up? Do you have any podcasts? Where can people find you on social media? That sort of thing.
1: I haven't got any podcasts or anything like that. I have um if if you go on my Instagram or I think on my YouTube as well,
0: yeah,
1: which is all at um, John Long Stand Up, um, my Instagram right. so J O N because yeah, <laughs> and uh, to make it awkward, people, people never find me because it's J O N. Um, there's that's probably the best place to see it because I to put up uh, new songs and things throughout lockdown. I'll put up think like little videos and things like that. Yes. But I'm not, to, to be honest, massive on social media. I'm not very good at that. Right. So I've got loads to find. But good luck finding it. <laughs> well, all if I, I can, can say... If you want it, it's there. <laughs> Some of it.
0: All all I can say, my friend, is that it's so good to see you again. It's been a while since we've, we've met in real life. Uh, I know. I wish you every success with oh, whatever you, so you so. do I'm, and I'm going to come and see you again very live so, uh, live again soon and it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you it really has
1: oh that's great well even though I like to sometimes run away I do like sticking around and having a beer with you after the show so we'll do that <laughs> and, um, I'm
0: looking forward to it my friend you take care and all the best to you